back when I was in college, back at Indiana Wesleyan University, every semester we would have this awesome event. It was centered to be like a spiritual awakening for our campus. And this event was called Summit, and our campus would go all out for it. We'd bring in a speaker from out of town. A lot of times we'd get speakers from here at 12 Stone Church. And we'd bring in awesome communicators that would just like awaken our campus, and it was great. We'd have like our best worship team playing. People would come. They'd have their hands raised the whole time. The worship was amazing. And every semester, without fail, first week, that's what it was like at Summit. And I just remember so many times being at school, going to these summits, and they were just awesome. I remember coming home every single night just jacked up for the Lord. Like, I wanted to do so much. It would awake so much within me. I'd, like, go home, and I'd go to my apartment, and I'd get, I'd get, I'd get with my friends that I'm living with, and I'd be like, guys, like, listen, I know we've been struggling with this sin for a while. We need to, we need to create an accountability group. We need to start holding each other accountable. We've got to start meeting once a week. I start making these promises to myself. I want to awaken my prayer life. I want to start praying in new ways and in ways that I feel like are going to commit myself better to the Lord. And I want to start sharing my faith with more people. I don't want to be ashamed of what I believe. And I would start making all these commitments to myself, and I would want to do these things so badly. These summit events would awaken these, these thoughts in, in me. And then the week would go by, and I'd be trying so hard. I want to do this. I want to do this for the Lord. I want to maintain this. I want to stay in this feeling of what I'm feeling right now here at Summit. And we'd get there, would be a, a week would happen, and we'd meet. Like my accountability group would meet, and we'd have an awesome conversation. We'd be sharing things that I'd never heard my friends share before. And it was awesome. It was so cool, and it was so fun to witness. Second week would roll around. Someone couldn't make it for whatever reason. I couldn't make it because I was at baseball practice. And we're like, you know what? All right, we'll do it a third week. We'll, we'll, just, we'll skip it, and we'll do it next week. Well, it never happened. Prayer. I would slip back into my old ways of prayer. Two weeks, three weeks after summit, I would find myself just kind of losing that passion, losing that zeal I had, that zeal that I had to want to share my faith with people. And that would slowly kind of just fade away. I just remember being so frustrated so many times sitting in my room after summit and just being like, Lord, what is happening? What happened to that feeling I had? And I learned in this season that there is a huge difference between a moment and a movement. And for me, summit was a moment. And what God wanted to do in me was awaken a movement within me. Now, your guys' generation is one of the most cause-driven generations. You guys love to get behind a movement. Listen to some of these. You've probably heard of them. Tom Shoes, Live Strong, Habitat for Humanity, End It Movement. These and hundreds of other movements were started while you guys have been alive. Your generation, our generation, loves this. We want, we want to, if, some, if there's a cause, we're going to start a movement for it, or at least that's our goal. That's what we want to do. In 2013, students at over 500 high schools spent an entire day without shoes to raise awareness for those in need through a Tom Shoes campaign. That's awesome. That's something that people your age were doing. Habitat for Humanity built over 94,000 homes for families in need in just one year. Over one weekend in January 2013, college students from around the world gave over $3 million to the End It movement to aid their efforts in avoiding human trafficking. Human trafficking, one of the biggest issues that we're facing today, something that you guys have probably heard about at different events. And if you haven't, you're going to hear about it because it's something that a lot of awareness is being raised for and a lot of stuff is happening. And over one weekend, college students gave $3 million. Speaking as a college student, college students don't have a lot of money. It's usually quite the opposite. They owe money. So like the fact that they give $3 million, it's amazing. You guys are living in a generation that loves to get behind a movement. But this is interesting. One of the leaders of one of these organizations was interviewed. And he was interviewed and he was asked, have you guys set out all that you have set out to accomplish? 
Have you accomplished that? And this was his response. Listen to this. Well, no, don't get me wrong. We've had a ton of great moments, moments we've been waiting for a long time to see, but that can't be it. If we're going to change the world, we have to go beyond moments. We need a movement, and that's a much harder thing to accomplish. This is coming from the mouth of someone that started what we would call an amazing movement, but he's saying it's really just been moments, whether it's a raising awareness or like people giving $3 million over a weekend. But what he's kind of saying is that it was really just that weekend that college students gave money, and since it's been kind of maybe not as much, right? And there hasn't been a movement. And I think the fear with people that lead organizations like this is that it's just going to kind of fade. What about the ALS, the ice bucket challenge? You guys remember that? You can scroll through your Facebook timeline without seeing, seeing someone get ice dumped on their head, right? Like everyone was doing it, and they were raising awareness. But you don't hear much about it now. I mean, obviously the goal was to raise awareness, and it did. But that was a moment. That was a moment for them. And I'm, I bet if you talk to them now, they still want a movement to take place in that area. Because there's a huge difference between a moment and a movement. Now, a lot of you guys have probably experienced what I'm talking about. Maybe share with my experience with my summit. Whether it's NTS camp, a lot of you guys have probably already been to STS, N NTS camp. And it's an amazing experience, right? Amen. Yeah, you guys, you guys fall in love with the Lord. You renew so many things in your life. And moments are great. Moments like NTS are great. They're not bad in any way. They're awesome. And God uses moments like that. Maybe some of you guys have served. Maybe you went to Haiti or you went on a missions trip and you built roofs or you helped... Um, pick up trash in the neighborhood, something, something simple like that, but something that maybe made you come alive for Christ for a moment. And like you were excited and you wanted to do more of that. But then what happens? You get back from NTS camp and you get home or you get back from a missions trip and maybe you have a fight with your parents or a fight with a sibling and you just kind of feel yourself slipping back and those feelings and those emotions that you had at NTS camp are just kind of gone. And you find yourself like me sitting in my room frustrated with God. And it's like, God, where are you? Where was that feeling that I had at NTS? Why do I feel dry? Why do I feel dry? Maybe you guys have experienced that. Maybe you have, maybe you have been there. Because I think subconsciously we almost have this off switch. It's when we get back into our normal routines, we have an off switch that just kind of goes off. And we just kind of lose it for a second, right? Looking at the life of Jesus. Jesus' ministry, you talk to a historian, sure, they're probably going to look at it as an event. It was a major event in time. Anyone would acknowledge that. But what do we recognize as Christians? Jesus' life was so much more than just an event. It was a movement, the greatest movement that this world has ever seen. Think about it. We're here tonight talking about Jesus Christ 2,000 years later. That's a movement. A movement took place because Christ lived the movement lifestyle. There was amazing moments in Christ's ministry. He was bringing people to him. He was uh, letting, the, letting the blind see, letting the lame walk. Those are amazing moments, but it was never just moments for Jesus because he was day by day walking out the command, commandments that he was teaching. He was a walking movement. If you got around him, you moved. That was just how Jesus lived, and that was his ministry. And that was just like Jesus serving was not just about an event. It was about something much bigger, and he saw that, and he recognized that. And that's the difference between a moment and a movement. It's living it out day after day after day. It will be the movements, not the moments that change your world. And that's right, your world. We need movements to change your world because we all want to change the world or we want to do our part to change the world. But that's not going to happen until we allow a movement to happen in our own world, in our own lives. 
going to come up on the screen. The first blank I want you guys to write down is movements, not moments, change the world. Movements, not moments. We look at the early church, the apostles and Acts. If you guys could turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. We're going to be going through verses 41 through 47. And let me paint the picture for you here, what's happening in this passage. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and now it is just the apostles and maybe the few followers that were also there with the apostles. And the church is now entrusted to the apostles. And Peter goes out one day after the Holy Spirit has come upon them. And there's a huge crowd that is gathered because they're speaking in tongues, and people are curious. And Peter gets up, and he gives a sermon. He gives an NTS moment sermon where 3,000 people come to Christ that day. It was like the first moment like where without Jesus, well, Jesus is obviously still there and present with them, but without Jesus being there in, with them in the flesh, that 3,000 people come with them. It's a huge moment. It's a huge moment in time. But if you look in Acts chapter 2, 41 through, four, four, through 47, I'm going to read this. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That doesn't sound like a group of people who just had a moment. This sounds like a group of people that have had a movement. And every day they are meeting together. Every day they are praying together. Every day they are breaking bread together. And people are coming to the Lord every day. This is a movement that is taking place. And some of you may be sitting here wondering, like, okay, that's great. I need to have a movement take place in my life and not just moments, right? How do I do that? What does that look like? And there's two things we want to talk to you guys about tonight, two things that I think are really important. And I'm going to share the first, and then Trey's going to come up in a little bit and share the second with you guys. What I think is a crucial element to this is prayer. We need to be praying to God. We need to be seeking God to to have a movement in our life. Where, God, do you want us to have a movement? Asking those questions. Instead of saying, God, like, where can I serve? Where can I have this moment? Where can I uh, go on this mission trip? It's like, God, what kind of movement are you trying to take me on? Something that's going to be an everyday, everyday movement. Where do you want to take me in that? Here at 12 Stone, we just had a series. I don't know how many of you guys come on Sundays, but we just had a series called Awakening. And this is something big that is happening at our church right now. We had an awakening. We had a lot of leaders in our church praying, and they felt God moving. And we had an awesome series. We had a lot of people come on Saturday nights at prayer time, and it, was, it has been awesome. And we have had an awakening. We have had an amazing moment. That sermon series was a great moment for us. But we want it to be so much more than that. If you talk to the leaders here, awakening is an ending. This is something that's going to transcend every sermon series that we do from this point on, and that's our goal. And if you're like me, I remember in high school, prayer was hard for me. It didn't come easy to me. I remember in high school, like the first time, the first time I ever really learned, like, like maybe just like what it was to pray was when I went on a missions trip with a, a few friends of mine. We went up to Colorado. We went up in the Rocky Mountains, okay? And we, we were stayed at like this campground that was in the middle of nowhere. There was no civilization around us anywhere. And so we're, we're sleeping in these uh, cabins slash tent things. And there's something you guys need to know about me. 
And let me ask this. Are any of you guys sleepwalkers in here? Do we have any sleepwalkers? Amen. I love it. I love it. That's a ministry of its own right there, sleepwalking. I love it. So I'm a sleepwalker. Like, I'm a big-time sleepwalker. You could talk to my wife. She has some stories that she could tell you. Like, I, I'm weird in my sleep. So here I am. I'm a high school student. I'm in Colorado in the middle of the Rockies, and I'm a sleepwalker. The next thing I know, and this rarely happens. I don't usually wake up in my sleepwalking, but I did wake up this night, and what a, what a night to wake up. So I wake up, and I'm laying in the middle of the woods. I'm laying in the dirt, in the sticks, in the middle of the woods. It's pitch dark. It's probably 2, 3 in the morning, and I'm laying there in the middle of the woods. And <laughs> I just remember, like, I probably should have been a lot more scared than I was. Like, I wasn't that scared. And so I get up, and I feel like the Lord was, like, calming me. And I remember, I just kind of got up, and I'm looking around. I'm like, I can't see anything around me. I'm in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. What do I do? And so I literally, I just enter into, like, this conversation with God. I'm like, you know, Lord, it would be awesome if you could just get me back to my tent safely. You know, keep some bears away from me. And as I'm walking, I'm literally just, like, talking. I'm just talking with God and in a way that I never really had before. I wasn't even, at the time, if you would ask me what I was doing, I would have been like, I'm, I'm not praying. I'm just talking. You know what I mean? I was having a conversation with God. And looking back on it, I realized that was probably one of just my most genuine prayers because all I was doing was having a conversation with God. And that's the next fill in the blank. Prayer is talking with God. Sometimes it can be so easy to overcomplicate our prayers when, honestly, God just wants to have a conversation with us. He wants to talk with us. And what's an important element of conversation when we're talking to someone? Typically, when I'm talking to, let's say I'm having a conversation with Trey, I don't just talk to him and then walk out of the room. Typically, I'll talk to him and I'll let him talk and I'll hear what he has to say. We need to have that approach when we're praying with God. Because here's the thing, guys, God God wants to show you what movement he wants to lead in your life. He wants to show you desperately. And what you need to do is enter into a conversation with him and ask him, God, where are you, where are you taking me? What movement do you want me to head on? And God will speak to you if you listen, if you sit there in silence. And it may feel awkward. It might not happen the first time. It might not happen the second time. But just trust that God will speak to you. He will. He wants to lead you on a movement. And imagine what your life would be like being moved by God, and it's not just a moment-to-moment thing where we're relying on NTS or a missions trip to help awaken us spiritually. What if it was just a day-by-day thing that God was awakening things in us and we were awakening spiritually every day? Imagine what life would be like like that if we just we had NTS moments like that every day. That would be amazing, and God wants to do that with us. You guys need to be praying for your church. Pray for your families. Pray for your schools. Be prayer warriors. Pray for movements, not in your own life. Pray for them in your schools, too. God is a God of faithfulness, and he wants to lead you guys. He wants to lead you guys in your school. And to end, I just, I think we can change the world, but we need to let our own, we need to change our own world first. And I want to show a quick video of a good friend of mine who's going to teach us how we can change the world. So turn your attention to the screen. you can change the world. Some people think you should just complain about it. I won't change the world. We'll just make it mad. Some people think you have to have lots of money money. Make it rain everywhere you go. Holla for a dollar. Some people think you have to be really loud and yell a lot. It's like with a bullhorn shouting. Hey you, yeah you. Do it my way right now. You heard? 
other people choose to just make fun of everything. That's dumb, that's dumb, everyone's dumb. It's easier to make fun of stuff, but it's cooler to make stuff. Some people think changing the world can only be done by the smartest person in the world. Just put them in a room, let them figure it out. The solution of world hunger? Food. Wow, that was like so amazing. Some people see the bad in the world and they just decide to ignore it. But that won't help anything. Some people think you have to be really famous and super cool. In fact, lots of people think you have to be really powerful to make a difference. Like being mayor or senator or president. But the truth is, a title doesn't make you more important. The world is changed by you. It's one person filled with love. And they just have to live it out so they do something awesome. Then that person is filled with love and they do something awesome. It just goes on and on and on and on. And the next thing you know, everything's awesome. Some people think it's impossible to change the world. It's impossible to change the world. Well, you can see why they could think that. Living in the world with kids who are hungry, people who are homeless, families weren't happy. I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else, man. I do know this, though. Next time you feel overwhelmed or totally alone, remember this. Things don't have to be the way they are. The world is changed by ordinary people. Little people living out big love. Amen. What's up, everyone? Oh, hi, hi. Uh, as, as Murph said, prayer is so important in creating movements in our lives, but it doesn't just stop there, as Kid President has reminded us. It needs to turn into something. Little people living out big love. Everyone knows that a heart filled with love can't sit still. If you look at the church after Pentecost and, and um, when the church is first starting out in the Acts and the passage that Murph read for us, yeah, they pray. Yes, they meet together regularly. They meet together in worship. But it doesn't just stop there. They go out and they do stuff. They serve each other. They love each other. This is, this is a church that God created it to be. This is, if you want to see what a church is supposed to look like, go look in Acts. This is how God created us to act in community. It is not full of selfish people, full of egos, full of people looking out for themselves, looking out for number one. It's people who are humbling themselves and they're being selfless, looking out for each other. Um, the language that's used is family language. God is our father. We are, uh, we are brothers and sisters. You are all family. Look, turn to each other and say, what, what up, bro? What up, sis? <laughs> all right, if, if you turned to the guy next to you and said, what up, sis? That's just rude. That's not family, all right? That's rude. <laughs> the, pe the people of God were meeting together. There was depth to this community. And, and after meeting together, they'd go out, and then they'd come and meet together and go out. They'd meet the needs of the people in their community. Um, they, deep, deep down in them, in their DNA, was, was serving. And they were so built around serving, so um, geared towards serving, they couldn't help but serve. And this commercial I saw recently can help demonstrate what I mean. Where are you? 
while the squirrels are back in the attic. Mom? Your dad won't call an exterminator. Can I call you back, Mom? He says it's personal this time. If you're a mom, you call it the worst time. It's what you do. If you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, you switch to GEICO. It's what you do. Where are you? It's very loud there. Are you taking a Zumba class? How many of you have moms like that? Like, somehow, no matter what, you're in the middle of a test and your mom calls you. And it's like, Mom, I go to school every day. What are you doing? If you're a mom, you call it the worst times. It's what you do. But if you're a Christian, you serve. It's what you do. So, oh, wow. I was, well, you guys are great, man. I was not expecting applause for that. Wow, you guys are showing some love. Wow. So, so serving, man, you guys threw me off there, man. That's awesome. Uh, the early church was so contagious and spread so quickly because of their DNA. They served. Um, it, it's hard to resist someone. It's hard to oppose someone who's so servant-hearted towards you. And so um, someone who takes a, a level of humility towards you. It's, it's hard to combat that. It's hard to combat love. It's hard to combat selflessness. And the early church movement was a do-something movement. They didn't sit around discussing oh, what should we do? Um, what's our stance on this? They went out and they did things. They saw needs and they filled them. They, uh, they saw that people didn't know Christ, didn't know who he was, and they went out and shared. They were a do-something movement. And people were coming to know Christ as their Savior in huge masses. And it just spread throughout the Roman Empire. And this is happening in the church still today. The church across the world is serving people in the hardest places and in the most persecuted places. And the church is growing like crazy because of the love that they have for each other and the love they have for others and their servant hearts towards each other. And my prayer is that the Lord will spark a movement in H12. That the Lord will spark a movement here, similar to Acts and similar to the, the church throughout history, where we are a community that serves. We are a community that prays and that we are a community that serves. And... It is crucial that this is not just a moment, not just a prayer, but a movement of prayer. Because if it's, if it's just here and there and it's not continuous, if it's just one moment here, one moment there, you can't build momentum with moments. It has to be movements. And it's easy to mistake a moment for a movement, isn't it? We, we sign up, we get a date for something, maybe it's a mission trip. And we get pumped, we get people to get there, and we show up, and it's amazing, and God moves. Um, maybe it's see you at the pole, or um, you're going to Haiti, you're doing a service project, and it's amazing. In an event, a moment can be tremendous, and it can do a lot of good. But if it stops there, it's missing the point. If it stops there, it's falling short, and it'll be seen um, past it that it was not intended to just stop there. It's intended to keep going. Service is not meant to be a one-time act. We aren't called to just serve. We're called to be servants. It's something that characterizes everything that we do and everything that we are. Because it'll be movements, not moments, that change the world. So some of you have volunteered at events. Maybe some of you have gone on mission trips, and you're like, no, now what? How do I, how do I transfer that, those moments into movements? And some of you maybe um, haven't even had many moments you're showing up here, maybe maybe you're in a small group and, and you're asking yourself, is it too late? 
Um, whatever camp you're in, it's never too late to get moving, and it's never too late to start serving and to, to join a movement. This is where prayer and serving come, come together so powerfully, because without prayer, uh, a movement can just be aimless works. It's, it's something that maybe you're working at something, maybe you're serving somewhere, but it might not be the opportunity that God wants you to be jumping in on. Maybe you're missing something that the Lord wants you to see, and prayer helps you open your eyes to that. So there's two things I want to challenge you guys with. One, commit to serving your church. Commit to serving 12 Stone here. Serve in M12. Serve the kids. Serve a, be a door greeter. That would be awesome. But serve somewhere in church. And, and then two, serve your world, your friends, your family, your schools. Um, find things to do. If, if, I, if I go home and I do the dishes once for my wife, like that's a moment and that's great. But if, that's, if I do that once our whole marriage, like that's not that great, is it? Like, oh yeah, I remember that time 30 years ago I did the dishes. Like moments don't change lives like movements do. Um, I promise if I went home and did the dishes every day, like that would be awesome. Um, so I'm still working on that, guys, still working on that. But there are some of you who are already in movements. Some of you at Mountain View, there's this thing called the church at Mountain View. Yeah, yeah? Okay. And when you guys are meeting together on Mondays and talking about the Bible, and then the next two days you're praying, and then on Thursday you're sharing what God's doing, that's a movement. That's not just a moment. That's a movement that is affecting your, your schools, your churches, the people in your schools. And it's amazing. It's not just a one-time thing. Uh, I, I know so many of you are a part of that. Jonathan, Nathan, Angsley, Eddie, and many more of you are already part of that mo- movement. Taylor Steele is another one of you. She's not, she's not here tonight. Okay, yeah. Yeah, she's a stud. Um, she's one of the national leaders of a prayer movement called Claim Your Campus. And what Claim Your Campus is, is um, it's a movement that's attempting to get people praying in every school in America, to have groups of people praying before school, in the school, every day that school is. And she went to an event and had an amazing moment and had an amazing time learning about prayer and experienced God in some amazing ways, but she chose not to let that remain a moment, and she wanted to join a movement. So she went back to her school. She started a, uh, a prayer meeting one of the days of the week, and over time, she got someone else to start another meeting. So then there was two meetings, and they're seeing things change in their schools that they thought was impossible to change, and through the power of prayer, and just a couple weeks ago, she's had more people come and approach her, and they want to start two more meetings on two other days at her school. And it's amazing. These are movements. These are what you want to be jumping in on, want to be starting. These just aren't um, see you at the pool, we'll pray once a year. This is see you at school, we'll pray every day. Um, and, and that's what changes the world. So keep it up, y'all, and f- find those movements that changes the world. Some of you are, might, might be thinking to yourself, like, it's hard. It's hard to be consistent. Prayer is hard. Serving is hard. It's, it's a big call. It's a big challenge. Looking past, past in history, looking at what the early church did, that's not easy. That's, that's hard. How can, how can I do that? And, and I want to tell you guys that um, everything we've been calling you guys to do tonight, to pray, to serve, to be selfless, to be self-giving, to be a family, everything we're calling you to do is actually not possible. It's, it's not possible. You, 
we can't do this. So you're like, wait. I saw some of you literally go like, you say, what? But with God, all things are possible. But without God, we don't have the strength. We don't have the selflessness. Our egos are too big. And we don't have the consistency and the endurance to turn moments into movements. But with God, we can. And listen up. This is probably the most important thing you will hear tonight. Even more important than what Murph said. Gasp. Um, but the greatest prayer, we're talking about prayer and serving, the greatest prayer ever prayed was Jesus on the cross saying, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And the greatest moment of serving in the world was Jesus on the cross dying for our sins. And if you personally have not experienced that moment of turning your life over to Christ and accepting that gift, that gift that he's offering you, then you will not be able to turn moments into movements. Movements cannot be sustained um, because Christ, through his moment on a cross, wants to create a movement within you. And it's only when the Holy Spirit is moving in you that he can overflow to be moving through you. Because it is the movement of God in us that creates a movement of God through us. And when the Holy Spirit starts moving in our lives, it's only a matter of time before it overflows. So the last, the last blank for you guys. But God first has to move in you before he can move through you. And so if you guys have not experienced this moment of salvation, talk to me. Talk to any of our leaders afterwards because it will be the best moment of your life, the most important moment of your life, but it won't just be a moment. When you let Christ redeem your life and you give your life over to him, he will create a movement within you that will overflow to movement through you. And as the band comes back up, I just have two questions for, for you guys. What movement is happening within you? What movement is happening within you? And then what movement is happening through you? What movement are you a part of? Pray and serve. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you pray and you serve. It's what you do. Let me pray for you guys.